Hi, everyone. I'm Sharna, and this is a lead and follow quick tips bonus episode featuring one practice you can try out this week to improve your relationships at work. Your lead and follow coaching tip for today is style your language. What does that mean, Sharna? Well, one thing I've learned about myself is that I'm a very abstract thinker, and that means I tend to be an abstract speaker as well. I like to distill my experiences and my thoughts into little bite-sized packages, the shorter the better. And this can be a real strength when I'm in a group conversation, for example. I'm really good at gathering many thoughts together and finding their common thread, or summarizing a discussion into a single decision point or a next action step. My brain just tends to synthesize things fairly quickly. In contrast, I've learned that my wonderful husband is a narrative thinker. He likes to tell stories and he's really great at it. It makes him a wonderful and engaging teacher. It also breathes life into any dinner party. And when he describes a new idea, it's easy and inspiring to get on board with it. If you are a fly on the wall at our dinner table at the end of the day, you'd hear me giving what amounts to a status report. The items I checked off my to-do list, the people I spoke with, or key project milestones I've achieved. And then you'd hear him tell me a story or two or three about what happened to him at work that day. I want to note here that to some extent, all humans connect through narrative, all humans share stories, and relating one thing to another by making analogies is how we learn on a fundamental level. So it's not so much that your mind works only one way or the other, but rather, like so many things, it's a spectrum. If you're a really strong narrative thinker, though, like my husband, you may respond to almost any kind of question by telling a story. That usually starts by providing considerable background information and then describing what happened in chronological order. Stories are definitely a crucial part of how we learn, as I said, but they can be time-consuming and therefore they can sometimes be distracting. Abstract thinkers like me fall on the opposite end of the spectrum. If this is you, you probably tend to zero in on one specific detail that you think is important or to provide the verbal equivalent of a bulleted list. So if someone asks you how your day was, you might just give like a quick one-word assessment or a few key events that took place. Boiling things down to the essentials like this is definitely time efficient, but it can also prevent people from relating to you and from understanding why they should care about what you're saying to begin with. The single detail doesn't always give someone that bridge into your perspective like a story does. We even know from research in neuroscience that stories create an emotional hook, and that's why they motivate people to act and to change. So both abstract and narrative thinking are useful in the right context. The question is, which one will help you the most with the conversation or the interaction you're having right now? So to answer that question, take a moment to consider which way of communicating comes most easily to you. If you know what that is, then you can look for opportunities to practice the other one. My husband and I do this at home. I remind myself to practice telling him a story at least once a week so that I can build my own narrative thinking muscles. And he sometimes will ask me questions about my day before he starts telling me about his. That helps him develop his abstract conceptual thinking muscles. 
Deliberately changing things up like this has been a fun way for us to learn more about each other, and it's also strengthened our skills for use in other situations. So if you happen to have a partner or a friend or a coworker with the opposite style, I highly recommend it. Regardless, a good rule of thumb is to use stories for presentations, proposals, and for establishing common ground. Use concepts for troubleshooting, project updates, or brainstorming. Honestly, though, once you start paying attention to these patterns, I think you'll notice them everywhere, and then you'll begin to intuitively know which one to use where. Try this out, experiment, and let me know how it goes. If you'd like to learn more, check out the main episodes where I talk with educators, artists, students, and working people of all kinds about how they experience leadership and followership dynamics. Or pick up a copy of my book, Lead and Follow. It's available everywhere. And if your team or organization is interested in followership training, please reach out anytime. I'd love to help.